If you're enjoying Night Faces, please check out our Patreon subscriptions for access to soundtracks, cool merch items, bonus episodes of Night Faces, and our Patreon-exclusive award-winning anthology series, Middle West. Fan support helps us to continue making these shows and is greatly appreciated. Always the Prophet. He woke in the morning before the sun. It was the time of year that made this easier, but it still required sacrifice, which was the point. His great atonement would be made by time, penance, and good hard work. Erasmus was a man of routine. Except for one notable variation, he was quite predictable, and the Lord would come to count on this after his transgression. Many months had passed since he put Delilah in the ground, since Cross had uncovered his secret, and yet he remained unbothered, mostly alone, and kept more to himself than ever. They never came for him, as he thought they would, and he believed this to be an act of God, affirmation that his crime was not in fact a crime, and that he did, indeed, save Delilah, that his violence was the catalyst of something greater of her sin dissolving into the soil she slept in, and her soul moving toward heaven. He saved her. And yet, he was alone. He knelt at the end of his bed for his morning prayers. He asked God to release him soon from this purgatory. I beg you, Lord, please, let me be with her. Let me be free of this place. Silence, the usual. He made tea. He listened as the kettle wailed. He was in the business, lately, of looking for signs. In the clouds, the dirt, the images on the TV screen, even the tea kettle. He was hoping that God would answer him, would give him the go-ahead. He would hear a whisper hiding in the temper of vapor escaping metal. He would hear her say, Come now, Erasmus. Come by blood or wreckage. Come home to me. Come home to your God. He squeezed his eyes tightly shut, and he listened. He listened. But he was not allowed to hear what he wanted. He couldn't pretend, and he pulled the kettle from the stove. In the afternoon, he drove his van through town. He had a new route, one that didn't include night faces or any of his usual stops. He patrolled the road he led her from, driving up and down the broken-down concrete. The lines down the middle were blurred by time, as all things are. 
and even he imagined the past differently, in his favor, with less suffering and more careful consideration of her bones, her skin, her chest intact, her blood her own, his present life more bearable with this omission of the truth. He did not simply set her free. There was a breaking. Erasmus pulled his van over to the side of the road. Walking along the edge of the forest, he could see her there. The memory of her burned him so deeply that she almost became real again, on fire. He missed her. He cried. He suffered. And he couldn't be sure, in his darkest moments, all alone on this earth except for God in his heart, he couldn't be sure if he wasn't a monster, if this wasn't hell, if he hadn't waged darkness over a blooming flower. She woke in the morning. Her hands found their way to him, muscle memory now. She wasn't sure if her brain told her hands to touch him or if it was involuntary, like breathing. It had become necessary to her existence. You haven't been sleeping well, Dal. It's early. Cross groaned and rubbed his eyes. The sun isn't even up. You are aware that I don't really sleep, right? I mean, not like you do. Cross rolled over to look at her. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. But my point is, you seem restless. Delilah laughed. Yeah, literally. Cross fell back asleep, and he would sleep for several more hours. She had watched him change. She felt shifts that were unrecognizable to the world of the living, because it's all she had. She was bound to Cross in such a way that she became dependent on his moods, his happiness, his pleasure. It was all she lived for now. Or all she died for in the first place, maybe. The more she lived beyond her death, the closer she made herself to the universe, feeling that she was a part of it now, rather than just floating through. She was affecting rather than being affected. She could make small divots through the planes of existence. She could pull strings ever so gently. She could haunt. She could cause harm. She was turning malevolent. She first saw it with Magda in the parlor, one night when they were chatting across from one another, Delilah, a figure unseeable, only moving glass across the Ouija board, and Magda asking the right sort of questions, which seemed to be the majority of her talent. It was then that Delilah noticed the candle flames flicker and turn black, and she hadn't done anything. It was just her presence. Delilah, are you okay? Magda's hands moved quickly across the board. Yes. Your energy is growing darker. You know, you can't keep this up. People are scared. I'm having troubles even booking a cottage. Is there a way I can help you? No. Magda reached out across the board, her hands moving through Delilah, reminding her, in a way Cross never did, that she was listless, vacant, Magda moved to comfort her, but she did quite the opposite. And without having to more than think it, Delilah pushed darkness back through her. Magda froze, her hand shaking in place, right at Delilah's cheek. And Delilah's anger pulsed through. She forged fear in Magda's eyes, the heart of her, 
and she knew then that she had gone bad. Delilah shifted from a lovelorn ghost to a poltergeist. She haunted every corner of Night Faces, the club, the cottages, the woods. She spared Maga after that night, and she spared Cross too. Except, she thought, that maybe he hadn't caught her to begin with. Maybe she caught him. Maybe he was haunted. And she couldn't be sure. If she wasn't a monster. If she wasn't a wraith. A phantom. Who had seduced him into a lifetime of loneliness. woke in the morning. The sheets were crumpled at the bottom of the bed. The window was open, a warm, sickening breeze. It didn't cool. It only cautioned more heat to come. Cross took a drink of water from the bedside table. Small bottles littered its surface, empty, smelling of the night before. He swung his legs over the edge of the mattress and pulled his jeans on, standing from the bed to button his fly. Going so soon? Yeah, sorry, it was... I had a great time. I'll call you. Yeah, right. Cross watched her roll over and grab a pack of cigarettes, tapping them lightly against her palm before pulling one out and lighting it. She was different, and that was the point. She wasn't good or even all that beautiful to him. She was just easy to leave, lying in a motel room, and everything else could stay there too. And he could come and go from these places, knowing that Delilah could not. It's not that it didn't eat away at his soul. It's not that he felt good. He loved Delilah. There was no one that could compare to her. And he hated her for that, too. When he got back to the cottage, she was gone. He looked at the clock, and based on the time, he figured she'd be at the club, still not open for a few hours. The usual cross? Magda was behind the bar getting ready for the day, doing inventory, scrubbing surfaces, always hard at work. She gave him a stern look when she slid over his way. Do you know if she's here, Magda? She laughed. Do you see the chairs upside down? Lights flickering? Anyway, you know better than me, don't you? Cross scoffed and shot back his whiskey, tapping on the table for another. Magda pointed to the clock above the bar. It read 11 a.m. You know, I sometimes wonder if you made her this way. Cross quickly pushed his glass back toward Magda, his temper rising. For a lady that's supposed to see all, you seem to miss a lot of shit. Yeah, well, I don't always get it right, that's for sure. Magda looked at Cross, shaking her head, letting her disappointment nestle into him, waiting for it to hurt, until she eventually turned and walked back to the kitchen. Cross leaned over the bar and swiped a bottle of whiskey that he was sure Magda would notice, and he left to wait for Delilah back at his cottage. The night came without her. He waited. His bottle finished. But there was no light of her, her glowing body not meant for him, not tonight. He wondered if she knew where he had been. He grew suspicious of what Magda could communicate to her in her parlor. He grew angry just thinking about it, thinking about it all unraveling out of his control. 
He had caught her. His mind was thick with the poison of liquor and lust turned to longing, the cost of entrapment. Her soul was his. How had he not realized that it was too much to bear? The beauty of her, the light of her, the memory of her. He was supposed to keep this forever? He was supposed to keep her good? He wasn't enough for her. That was it. She deserved for him to move on. And he wasn't sure why it was this night and not any other. But he left before she returned. On the road, headed south, the oncoming lights burned his eyes. He swerved and corrected again and again. His mind was racing with thoughts of her. With that first moment, he set eyes on her. The way she laughed, the way she moved inside his arms, beneath his chest. But he didn't stop driving. He didn't stop creating distance. And he couldn't stop himself from wondering if he wasn't a monster, if he hadn't caught the sweetest soul, if he hadn't set fire to the next world. She woke. She knew the world was upside down before breakfast. Mother was in the kitchen. She felt her presence. She lit the burner and flames jumped from the stovetop. Classic. Magda would make her way outside to start her day digging weeds. She would avoid the shed. Wasn't a day she felt much like the presence of Jerry either. Her hands ached as they ripped through the soil, the sun beating down on her neck. No melanoma could frighten her, no risk of earthly disease. Magda was surrounded by the dead. It was a full-time gig. She knew much greater terror than what this life had in store. The creatures that plagued Delilah had found their way to Magda from time to time. It was the price of intertwining worlds so often, of coming between fates. She was no puppeteer, and yet she bore the responsibility. The creatures were sometimes an omen, other times just sheer torment. The day moved on, the clock ticking away, bringing each moment to be. When Magda made it to the club, the lights were dim, some shattered and dark, glass across the gravel. The only sign left illuminated read, no vacancy. Inside, Delilah's song blared from the speakers. The liquor bottles behind the bar were in pieces, pouring liquid over the floor. Lights flickering, tables turned upside down. Do you want to go to the parlor, Delilah? The music stopped. Magda breathed heavily. She knew the score. She knew what was missing. Did he leave? The music blared again, beating heavy in the speakers. The window shook as it grew louder and louder. Magda put her head down. She let the memories flood her mind. All they did to bring Delilah justice. The failure. She heard ringing in her ears. The pain. The anger of a ghost with nowhere to go. She felt it too. Fuck men, you know? They never did me any good either, honey. The music slowly faded. The light returned. Magda looked at her bar, pulled up her sleeves, and got to work. That night, Magda made tea with whiskey. She tucked herself into bed after a long and tiresome day. She heard the creatures beyond her window, unsure of whether they were waging torment or a whispering warning. She lied awake, thinking of Delilah, her mother, Jerry. All the plans gone wrong, failed. And she couldn't help but wonder if she wasn't a monster, if she hadn't played the wrong hand too many times, 
if her cards weren't lives. Eventually, she fell into dreamland. They walked slowly through the night, ripping away at the skin of his lips and the tip of his nose, turning his flesh into peel-away netting for the morning. They didn't give, they only took. The hot air, the stale dryness. There was a boy, a man, wings above the tree line, an angel, a doe, eyes that looked like hers, and she saw him, so beautiful, without a name, the young prophet, who would bring with him destruction. Magda gasped, sitting straight up in bed, her heart beating hard. She felt the wind change as it swept in her window, her arms heavy, the darkness of her gift, always the prophet. She walked to the bathroom, her head over the sink, and washed her face. She waited for her heart to slow and return to normal rhythm. Her hands were shaking on the porcelain edge. She looked in the mirror and noticed a small lesion across her nose and another at the tip of her lip. She knew the score. She always did. And she whispered to herself, Desert Gods. She walked back to her bedroom, but before she made it to her bed, she collapsed. She was weak. Her head was aching. Her vision turning black. She knew something was coming. If you enjoyed Night Faces, please join our Patreon at patreon.com slash halfbadproductions, where you'll gain early access to episodes, ad-free listening, and other exclusive content. Half Bad Productions will be releasing two new series this fall, Desert Gods and Middle West. Follow us on Instagram at halfbadproductions. Hi, I'm Isabel, the creator, writer, and voice behind Night Faces, and I want to take a moment to talk to you about Apollo Plus. Night Faces recently joined the Apollo Plus exclusive roster. What that means is that you can listen to the show ad-free, gain early access to new episodes and seasons, more on that later, and a bunch of other cool stuff. And don't worry, you can still listen to Night Faces for free on your favorite podcast apps. This is just one way you can help support us. Apollo Plus is a creator-owned platform where every subscriber helps audio fiction creators. When you subscribe, you are supporting not only your favorite shows, but probably your soon-to-be new favorite shows, too. There's so much to discover there. And the exclusive content you have access to comes from a curated catalog of top-notch audio fiction. Not only that, but creators receive 70% of their revenue on Apollo Plus, so that they can create a new series or another season of your favorite show, all thanks to you. 
Join Apollo Plus through the Apollo Podcast app or by going to apollopods.com.